Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Rhonda Pick, news editor with Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Phil Steyer. He's the corporate veterinarian at Sanderson Farms. Dr. Steyer, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Rhonda. Thank you. You have a lot of experience recently working with both live salmonella vaccines and direct-fed microbials. Start by telling us how you're using live salmonella vaccines in your operation. Uh, live salmonella vaccines, uh, typically on a pullet side or uh, priming for a killed vaccine we'll do later on, but we are using live vaccines and broilers and uh, trying various different things with those, but uh, we've used live in both uh, pullets and broilers. How about with the direct fed microbials? How and when are you specifically using those? Now, the direct fed microbials are used primarily in our pullets, not so much in our broilers, and we're using those for various things, some of which would be salmonella control, also some other bacteria control, and we've done that in the feed primarily. So the vaccines have been, of course, sprayed, and then uh, the DFMs have been through, uh, through the feed. You've said before that uh, direct-fed microbials may not always mix really well with live salmonella vaccines. How did you come across that observation? We survey for salmonella and you find salmonella. And then one of the questions was, well, we're given a vaccine, should we find salmonella? And it came up to our remembrance that we're using DFMs as well. And DFM, some of the claims are against salmonella. Well, you would think that a DFM that works against a wild strain salmonella but also work against the vaccine strain salmonella. We actually did a little pen trial. We had some pens and we fed the birds DFMs in the feed and then crop inoculated them with the vaccine, make sure that they had vaccine uptake. And we found out that not all DFMs interfere with uh, live salmonella vaccines, but some do. Does some of the interaction have to do with the type of strain of bacteria within the direct fed microbial? Can you speak more to that? That's my hypothesis. What we found on the direct fed microbials that are uh, living in vegetative forms, uh, they're ready to go, they're not spore formers. Those tend to have more direct effect on the vaccines. The spore forming uh, DFMs, we have not seen the same uh, direct effect on the vac live vaccine. So depending on what you're trying to do with your DFMs, uh, some of the more active ones, vegetative forms, probably are gonna interfere with, again, the vegetative form of a live salmonella vaccine. So what would be some simple steps for producers to take to find out if there are interactions occurring? Well, you can ask your supplier to do it for you, or you can do like we did, which we have our own cages, uh, but just to do a quick test like that. It doesn't take that long. Uh, usually it's three to five days to recover the uh, vaccine uh, based upon manufacturer's recommendation. Uh, get a few birds. We used our own broilers uh, and then we used our own feed that we had and we crop inoculated the birds and we had a diagnostic lab uh, work with us to do the isolation. So it was relatively straightforward and easy. Um, wasn't too complicated. If you do it in-house, of course, uh, you know, makes things go faster. If you start doing everything third party, it's a little bit more difficult. But we felt like we got good answers out of our in-house studies. I know in your recent research, you've also looked at a second interaction more on the killed vaccine front. Can you speak to what you've what we've been finding on that front? Sure. Uh, for years, uh, well over a decade, we've been using autogenous salmonella vaccines and using killed salmonella vaccines, obviously autogenous. And we figured we could customize those vaccines with the serotypes that were in uh, processing plant primarily 
so we could customize what we're trying to get rid of. Well, came up, you know, what about, you know, the latest furor was Seminole enteritidis, and there are commercial SE vaccines. And the question was, would they be commercial SE vaccines be beneficial on top of the autogenous vaccine? So we try to do that, and uh, the short answer is yes. Um, at least serologically, uh, the birds respond uh, better on an SE antibody test kit if you have SE uh, commercial vaccine in addition to an autogenous vaccine. You have some reaction from the autogenous vaccine, but a better reaction, at least immunologically, from the, uh, the commercial killed SE vaccine. The goal we have in U.S. broiler production is reducing all salmonella. And when you use a vaccine, you're not going to necessarily reduce all salmonella. Uh, on the label, you'll have three or four species that that's targeted, that's claimed for, but you may not see a total reduction in salmonella counts, even on, I would say, a successfully implemented vaccine program. Commercial uh, vaccines have got to go through the process, get approved, and so they're going to be sticking pretty much to the serotypes that were of importance when they were uh, licensed. When, when something else comes up, say Salmonella Infantis was arranged a couple of years ago, well, very few of the products have Infantis on the label. So what are you going to do about that? Well, then you're going to autogenous. And, and so there, there's that challenge of trying to be flexible and adjust and then also uh, do something that actually works. And that, that's a challenge. If you could boil it down to one, one or two key ideas, what would be the take-home message from your Salmonella and direct-fed microbial research? The USDA has a list of interventions of things that we can do in live production to reduce, hypothetically, the seminal burden coming into the processing plant. And they all sound good. They all sound, they all have research behind them and they all sound uh, useful. However, when you start using them, you don't necessarily get the result that you're looking for. And then when you use more than one, and it was a DFM versus vaccine, uh, you can actually interfere one with the other. So you actually nullify the effect to things you're trying to do and they nullify each other. That, that's not very good. So I guess take home message for me was, you know, look at the research, you know, listen to the government, but then you've got to start to do your own studies and your own validation of different interventions. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join. 